Hello and welcome to Sacred Heart Radio. I'm Father Michael Delcom, pastor of our community, and I'm grateful you've joined us today. Before we dive into today's message, I want to thank you for your support. At Sacred Heart, we're super excited about our mission to encounter Jesus and become missionary disciples. None of this would be possible without the incredible generosity and dedication of our supporters like yourself. Whether it's through prayer, time, or financial contributions, you allowed us to carry out our mission and touch the lives of countless individuals. If our ministry has helped you along the way, either with this podcast or with our online streaming, please consider financially partnering with us if you're not doing so already. We want to continue our virtual presence in an ever-challenging world, and your support allows us to do that. You can visit shbrusard.org and click the Give button. There you can find ways to support and partner with us on our mission. Another way to support us in our mission is just to share this content with others. Again, on behalf of our team, thank you for listening today. Let's get to today's content as we grow together. So what is it that we're celebrating today? Well, most of us are familiar with uh, the three wise men, the, this image of three men bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh, presenting these uh, to Jesus. But to get a little bit of the backstory and to understand the bigger, wider context of what we're celebrating today, our church gives us readings that contextualize um, the prophecies and everything that kind of nuances today. If you listen to our first reading, it talks about Jerusalem. Now, from a biblical perspective, um, Jerusalem is, is another way of talking about uh, God's chosen people, God's bride. So God espouses Jerusalem. So we talk about it in a, in a feminine perspective, but in a spousal perspective. So God is going to take Jerusalem, his holy people, Israel, as his bride, and he's going to give her his life. So they're going to be uh, a light to the nations. So our first reading says, your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. Darkness covers the earth and thick clouds cover the people, but upon you the Lord shines and over you appears his glory. Now listen. Nations shall walk by your light and kings by your shining radiance. Raise your eyes and look. They're coming from afar. What are they coming to do? They're coming to see the light that you, Jerusalem, will show them. And how? They will bring caravans of camels from all over bearing gold and frankincense. So this was a prophecy given to and talking about God's chosen people, Israel. So, in the gospel, when wise men from the east, from afar, come bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, it was to fulfill the prophecy that had been told in the Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament, that yes, your glory, Jerusalem, has come. Here he is. Not only does the light shine on you, but the light has become flesh. Jesus is the light of the world. So that's one context that we we get. Hopefully you see it. The Magi are coming from the east. All, All nations are coming to adore the Lord. But another context is this, what St. Paul tells us today in the second reading. Listen to this. You have heard the stewardship, right? God has entrusted Paul with a message that God has given to me for your benefit. 
namely the mystery he has made known to me by revelation. So God has shown Paul, God has revealed to Paul something in his heart. Now, not just Paul, but we have this in the scriptures. What has God revealed to Paul that's so important? That the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, so a Gentile is anyone who is non-Jewish, that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body and co-partners in the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel. So what did God reveal to Paul? God revealed that Jesus came not just for the Jewish people, not just for Israel, not just for Jerusalem, but God came through Jesus for all the nations. Jesus, today, what we celebrate is he is king of the world. Jesus came as a light for the entire world. For all who would come to believe in him, they're offered salvation and hope. He's the king of the world. And so it is right and just that the symbol of the Magi coming to give Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And notice the details of what they did. When they came to Jesus, they prostrated themselves. You know what prostrate means? No. It means to lay on the ground head first with your arms out. It's a symbol, it's a sign of my entire life. It's a very submissive position. It's a very vulnerable position. When I was ordained, we had to prostrate ourselves on the floor in front of the bishop but before God. That was the one symbol and act that we did before we were ordained. It was a symbol of my life is yours, God. The Magi, they brought gifts to God, but they also prostrated themselves and did him homage. This is a symbol of what the entire world is called to do. It's a symbol of what we're called to do. Response or psalm. Let every nation on earth adore you. That was our prayer. Lord, let there be a time where every nation adores you. We're praying that the entire world could see Jesus for who he is, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that he's the Christ, the Savior of the world. And so this image is what we're really called to do. The whole world is called to bring to God homage and praise, to offer God what is rightfully his. They offered God their most precious gifts. Gold, Lord, you have given them to us, we give them back to you frankincense and myrrh, right? Today we, we burn incense, frankincense. We burn it because it's, it's a heavenly aroma. It's a fragrance. The prayer rises up to the Lord. We take a collection. We're giving God our gold. We're giving God what rightfully belongs to him anyway. Now, this happened, but it's kind of the ideal. It's what we pray for. Because you and I know that not every nation on earth is adoring the Lord. Not every nation on earth is worshiping God. In fact, not every nation on earth even believes that Jesus is who he says he is. In fact, our own nation, the percentage of people who are Christian is actually decreasing. Those who are practicing their Catholic faith is decreasing. Those who believe in the Eucharist 
is decreasing. Actually, instead of our even own nation going to the Lord and prostrating ourselves, which God deserves from us, actually, more of us are walking away from God. I want you to think about this. As much as we can get caught up in what we are doing and what we are not doing, as much as you experience that at your Christmas table, our New Year's table when your family got together and you hopefully began to see and recognize, gosh, not everyone in my family is excited that Jesus is the reason we're gathering. Not everyone in my family is actually excited or even knows the Lord. Despite realizing that, this is the real hope and this is the real truth of Jesus in today. As much as we, in our own selfishness, we're not gonna talk about anybody over there, let's just talk about us in here. As much as we in our own selfishness can walk away from the Lord, as much as we are supposed to lay down and prostrate ourselves every day and say, Lord, I am yours, however you want me to serve you today, everything I have is yours. As much as we're supposed to do that and we don't, this is God's reaction. This is how God responds to us. God humbles himself. God humbles himself. He's going to do it today. He's going to come in the form of bread and wine. God humbles himself and comes to us. Where we are supposed to come to God, God constantly, continually comes to us. In fact, the last thing he said to his disciples in the Gospel of Matthew is this. The last directive he gives to his closest disciples. He says this. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't tell his disciples, look, once word gets out, all the nations are gonna come to me. They're gonna come to you. They know you're my followers. They're gonna come to you and they're gonna bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and you're gonna have a storehouse of wealth. No. He tells them, you go to the nations. You are my representatives in the world. You are now a light to the world. You are salt to the earth. Jesus explained to his, his earliest disciples that they are now his hands and feet. They are now his flesh in the world. They are now the heavenly Jerusalem on earth. The church, as we understand it, is the living body of Christ on earth. It's the light of the world present on earth. And for those of you who believe that Jesus is who he says he is, for those of you who have been baptized, you have the light of Christ in you. Into our world, as it says in our first reading, see darkness covers the world and thick clouds cover the peoples. Don't really need to be all that creative to think about the confusion and the darkness that covers our world. We don't even know what's right and wrong anymore. We are calling what's right wrong and what's wrong right. We are making our own reality. And we can just look and we can say, gosh, everyone's kind of turning away from God. 
But I would like at least us to look at what God's response is. God doesn't turn his back on us. No, God pursues us. God continually comes to us because he knows we are dead without him. He does it for you, but he also wants to do it through you to other people. The church, which is you, the living body of Christ on earth, is called to be a light to the world. The epiphany happened 2,000 years ago. It was a revelation of Jesus to the world, that he's the savior of the world. But as a church, we're called to, to be stewards and instruments of this epiphany all the time to other people, to share the good news, to be lights to people in darkness, to be hope to people who are in despair. I understand that that's a little overwhelming for, for some of us. We've been talking about this for quite a while. I think it's for various reasons, but what I would like you to pray about is in your own life, what your life is called to look like is prostration. And oftentimes what your life looks like and what my life looks like is not prostration. It's just walking away. It's just doing our own thing. Just because we're selfish, if we're honest. But God doesn't stop. God continues to pursue us. God continues to come after us. God continues to go to us because he knows and loves us. It will not stop until we are with him forever in heaven. And that's the message he wants everyone to know so that all nations will adore him. Let's pray this Sunday that we can be like the Magi, unafraid, stopping at nothing to find this Jesus. And then when we find him, we return back home and we share this good news with others. Amen.